Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Russia hails unexpected G20 milestone as Ukraine fumes. Russia's foreign minister has praised a joint declaration by G20 leaders in Delhi that avoids condemning Moscow for its war against Ukraine. Russia had not expected consensus and agreement on the wording. It was a step in the right direction. The closing G20 statement denounced using force for territorial gain, but made no mention of Russia's aggression, prompting criticism from the uh, from Ukraine. It is absolutely fascinating what went wrong. Uh, what happened in that space? Dr. Jackie Silias, a African analyst and founder of the Institute for Security Studies. A very good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am doing very well yourself. I am well, thank you. This is, uh, it seems to be a little timid or a little bit weak from the, uh, from G20. What is really going on here? Yeah, I think if you compare that to the previous G20 statement that came out of Bali, um, it was, it is uh, watered down, but it's important to recognize that the G20 um, does not represent um, the G7 uh, or the, the so-called West. The G20 is a broad church that represents uh, a range of, of countries, and therefore um, I think that the ultimate statement, which took a long time apparently to negotiate, reflects a more um, reflects more the diversity of the opinions within the G20. So yes, Lavrov would say it was a retreat from the Bali statement, mm, but mm. Um, I, I don't think that's really the case. It just reflects the fact that the world is very divided on on this issue. Well, but why are they divided? Are they not divided simply because uh, because of of politics rather than reality? The reality is that Russia invaded Ukraine. It wasn't a war that Ukraine Correct. was looking for. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Certainly, wasn't doing anything that Russia tried to has tried to intimate or create that uh, you yeah. know the impression that they have done. It's actually yeah. very very no, simple. Correct. It's just a, st- a statement of fact. Mm. So the G20 um, uh, statement uh, called on states to refrain from the threat or use of force to seek territorial acquisition. Um, uh, so um, that is, a, in a sense, a direct rebuke of Russia, which, of course, has done exactly that. Not only that, Russia is a permanent member of the UN Security Council. It threatens the use of uh, nuclear weapons, and it deliberately targets civilians in the course of its uh, war on Ukraine. So I think those three factors one can't argue away. But um, a large majority of um, countries uh, in the G20 see China as a major trading partner. And China, it seems like, from what one uh, can read in between the lines, seems to have negotiated, in a sense, I wouldn't say on behalf of Russia, but uh, China is very intent on a focus on non-interference in the internal affairs of other countries. So uh, because, of course, of Taiwan and what it does in Tibet mm, and other mm, places. Mm. So um, I think that that also uh, played quite a role. Does this does this change the world, the world's view uh, away from such strong condemnation? In other words, are, is, is the world slowly moving toward more of a South African position? Well, uh, the official South African position, which is one of <laughs> neutrality. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, in a sense, uh, even Africa is hugely divided on this, largely because of practicalities. Uh, China is the major trading partner of most African countries. Russia has got a long history in Africa of supporting liberation movements and so on and so forth, although m much of that was a proxy war against the West. And Russia, of course, has the potential of destabilizing countries, as we've seen with the belt of coups in the, in, in, in the Sahel, although that's not a... That's not the result of Russia, but Russia certainly is uh, benefiting from uh, the anti-Francophone sentiment mm. and um, a sense of frustration. The fact that uh, France has been meddling in the internal affairs of many uh, uh, of its former colonies for, for decades. And that resentment has now resurfaced and, and Russia plays into that resentment. And African countries that are, have weak governments um, are susceptible to Russian interference, uh, mm. whether that is directly or through Wagner. So, uh, as always, uh, countries very carefully try and avoid um, to create problems for themselves. Um, and the other fact is important uh, that is important, I think, to recognize that, in a sense, Africa doesn't really have a direct dog in the fight when it comes to Ukraine. Yes, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, it's, and so on and so forth, but um, apart from grain and uh, agriculture and fertilizer exports, which does affect Africa directly, and that hence the Black Sea Grain Initiative, uh, this is not a direct threat to Africans. Africans' priority is development. And uh, for development, we need stability. And what has happened with Ukraine and uh, U.S.-China uh, 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 tensions is that um, Africa is again going to suffer because global growth is declining and that instability, uh, like towards the end of the Cold War era <clears throat> before the collapse of the Berlin Wall in mm, 1989, mm. means that we suffer. What we want is we want this war to end, if I can put it this way. And we want the uh, China-U.S. relations to restore to um, at least amicable mm, relations, mm. if not uh, friendly relations, because in the meanwhile, we uh, that global turbulence has a negative impact on the African continent. So those are our real interests. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and it I keeps reminding sort of me. Reflected. It keeps reminding me of the of the African proverb: when when uh, elephants fight, the the grass yeah. uh, the, the grass gets crushed or some something like that. Yes, the uh, grass suffers. Yeah, the gr when elephants fight, the grass suffers. Yeah, exactly. and and that really is what's happening. It 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 has had an impact on food stability, on fuel prices, and that that really does impact. Uh, so so would we expect? Well, I, I guess my question is, is the G20 the right place for this? Or should the United Nations, I mean, I know that you mentioned, as you said, Russia's got a permanent seat on the, on the Security Council, but should the G20 actually be getting involved in this? Is it their job, or should that be the United Nations? An excellent question. The G20 has its origins in a, a meeting of finance ministers. Um, that eventually became um, something more. But it is supposed to primarily deal with uh, global financial economic mm -hmm. matters, not really with, with other matters. But it, over time, it has gained uh, an additional importance. The idea, in a sense, is that the G20 sort of straddles uh, the G7 and the, and the BRICS grouping um, and, and represents the vast majority of the global economy, carbon emissions, and so on and so forth. But the reality, and you refer to it, is that the UN Security Council is paralyzed. Here you have a permanent member of the Security Council who has violated every tenant, Russia, of the, of the UN Charter. 
Um, so the Security Council is completely paralyzed because of the way the, the veto power that the Charter gives to, to its five permanent members. One of the things that needs to change, that was done in 1945, and the world is slightly different. Yeah, absolutely interesting. And uh, I, I can't help being a little bit disappointed when I see this type of, of politics playing out. That's the way we leave it, Dr. Jackie Salias, African analyst and founder of the Institute for Security Studies. Very interesting indeed.